Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I'm your host, Felipe, and with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? We're, we're here. We are here, even though I woke up like 10 minutes before I was supposed to, because I thought we were going tomorrow night, but I uh, ran over here, got everything set up, and uh, now we're here. Why would we go tomorrow night? <laughs> I don't know, because we had done Monday night like two weeks ago or whatever it was, and... You had mentioned it earlier this week or last week, and for some reason that stuck in my head. And I checked my phone, and I was like, "Oh, never mind, we're going now." So yeah, because uh, <laughs> t- tomorrow is the home run derby, and that is one thing that I don't miss for the world. Um, I'm, I'm I am ashamed of myself. I did miss most of the NBA draft, which is like you know a, a yearly event for me. That's the one thing I put on the calendar. Like, wife, don't bother me, please. Penny, <laughs> Penny, don't bother me. Go to your mother. This is a uh, my event. This is what I this watch. Is my event. But I, I couldn't. Uh, I completely forgot all about it, honestly. And then when I got to it, I just kind of lost interest. Like, man, these players suck. I don't want to deal with these guys. Um, but um, the home run derby is the other one where, like, it's on the schedule. It's on the calendar. Don't bother me from this time to that time this evening because I am gonna watch some dingers. <laughs> And with that being said, it is a Total Basis podcast, and uh, I am disabled from screen sharing their show. Oh, so no. I oh, want no. to fix I, that. I'm usually so good about that. There you go. But good. We are going to be talking about the Home Run Derby, and as always, because this is the Total Basis podcast, we have a spreadsheet to share, and it's going <laughs> to be the Home Run Derby by the numbers. And for those who are watching live, flip your phones over if you want to see the whole thing. For those who are listening on Spotify later in the future, go to our YouTube page and check that out. I wish there was a way where you could you could share files to Spotify, but I guess yeah, technology is not little, there. It'd be a little confusing. Be a little freaky. But anyway, here it is by the numbers. As you can see, Luis Robert is the uh, number one C. The stats are as of this morning when I punched in the numbers. Luis Robert is your number one seed. He will be facing Atlee Rushman, who's basically sac- sacrificial lamb. Um, you know, one of the worst home run derby uh, performances I've ever seen, Sean, was Freddie Freeman. I forgot what year it was, but I just remember watching him and I'm thinking, man, is he <laughs> that, He is not up for this. I mean, he is one of the best pure hitters. He just happens to be a really good hitter who hits for power. He's not a power hitter who happens to be a good hitter. And, and Make it make sense, right? Yeah. That's but that's why we have those uh, those prospect grades, right? There's the raw power and the game power. Freddie Freeman has game power. His raw power is non-existent. At least that home run derby that he was showcasing, it was lacking. And there's been other guys like Alex Bregman, who um, again, great hitter, not a very good pure power hitter, especially for an event like this. I, yeah, Sean, if you're I'll Alex watch. Bregman, it definitely depends on the park because he's already always had. I think a little bit of overrated power that played up because of the park he was in yeah. with the Crawford boxes in Houston. But if you put him in any sort of like regular size dimensioned stadium, he he can't just pull a little 365 foot home runs to the Crawford boxes. It's not going to work like that. Know, big shout out. Good morning to Jet Dry, who's uh, tuning in this morning. I, I actually saw him on Monday. I, he, he's hard to miss. He's very tall. <laughs> he's a very tall man. Yeah, very tall. He's, yeah, but he uh, it was always good to see him. I got to see him on Monday afternoon for the Brewers versus Cubs game up in Milwaukee, or as I like to call it, Wrigley Field North, as everybody likes to call it, <laughs> Wrigley Field North. So Wisconsin, Milwaukee, you are welcome for those tourist dollars. 
but got to see Austin in person, got to see Ted Cagney in person. Jet was there in person, so always good to see the crew up there. Um, I don't know how I made it in one piece, though, as uh, apparently, long story short, Sean, as I was driving to Milwaukee, I must have hit something because I ended up with a bulge on my tire and not not of the the erotic kind either, just (laughs) something that was sticking out and it was shaking my car. Your car was just happy to be in Wisconsin. (laughs) It must have been because it was wagging all over the damn place. Oh, God. I couldn't figure out why. And then uh, like a day later, as I was going to the White Sox game on the 4th of July, there it is looking at me like (laughs) like yesterday's canker Are you going to fix me? Yeah, or when I have to fix it, going to have to fix it for the both of us, and it won't be pretty. <laughs> so I went ahead and fixed it, and uh, yeah, my car continues to give me all types of issues, but that's why public transportation, right, Sean? I should have oh. just taken the train up to Milwaukee, right? And anyway, <laughs> there's I don't think there is one. There's no bullet train. This ain't Japan. <laughs> Luis Robert. So anyway, all this to say, that I, I, I was going to say, Sean, it's kind of like uh, the slam dunk contest, right, where... People are wondering why LeBron James isn't involved in it. And maybe he is cowering up. Or maybe he realizes that he's not up for the event because some NBA players are very good in-game dunkers, but they're not very good exhibition dunkers. That's why yeah. you see the Harold Miners and the and then this past season, the Mac McClungs of the world. Mac McClung cannot survive on an NBA roster. He's been like in and out of the G League for years now. But he made his name... Uh, yeah, doing the dunk contest. During the dunk contest, which was a thing that he's always been like superb at, both in game and in exhibitions. I mean, that's how he made his name on YouTube and on social media was because he was dunking all over the place um, in high school, and uh, that's what attracted a lot of teams. But for some reason, he can't stick to play NBA basketball. But he was ready for the dunk contest, so that's that's why I, I compare it to some NBA players are good at. In-game dunking only, but they're not good at exhibition dunking, like a slam dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Just like how some baseball players are good at game power to showcase that game power and all those other skill sets that comes with it. But when it comes to the uh, home run derby contest, they uh, get exposed and it's not a good showing. And I think Adley Rushman is in, he's a sacrificial lamb for this one. He would have <laughs> lost no matter who he had faced in this uh, stacked uh, and I got to say, Sean, as you can see from the list, it's uh, not just a stacked uh, a player list, but it's also a, a, a list of guys that we've seen in the home run derby yeah, before. before. Mm-hmm. So this the, is the, the thing with card. Adley, I think, is he is such an underdog, and I can't remember if it was actually him or not, but I want to say I saw videos of him participating in some, like, maybe when he was in high school or in the minor leagues, he did a home run derby that I think he won. So it's like he definitely seems like the easy fade, especially going up against Luis Robert. But uh, I actually uh, I feel better about him than I do uh, maybe a couple other guys on this list. Yeah, well, as you can see from the numbers, he's just overmatched. I mean, there's going to have to be now every once in a while, Sean, as I was getting up, as I was trying to get to my point here was every once in a while. You throw away the numbers, as you should. This is the All-Stars. It's it's an exhibition. You throw out the numbers, right? And then uh, intangible set in, right? It it almost feels like it's almost scripted, right? Like the script script shows that Pete Alonso is supposed to win this year, right? Or or how Bryce Harper won it all um, in Washington in his hometown. And he was just 
it, it almost felt like a wrestling event. As you know, I'm a big wrestling fan, a professional wrestling fan. And it felt like a wrestling event where, where Bryce Harper was playing the heel yeah, all across America. <laughs> but in his hometown, I mean, he was a CM Punk or the Bret, CM Punk in Chicago or Bret Hart in Canada. Bryce Harper in Washington, D.C. was the super baby face of that event. And he eventually won in very dirty fact, in very dirty, uh, <laughs> questionable uh, means and ways as uh, Kyle Schover felt that uh, Harper was kind of uh, bending the rules a little bit for his advantage. But regardless, he gets the home run derby. And and, and, and it was appropriate, right? Yeah. So every once in a while, we will get that. I don't know if you get that from Atley Rushman, where uh, last year's uh, Wonder Kid, Wonder Kind, gets called. Well, I mean, up. like I, I feel like the big thing with the home run derby is it's not always the person with the the best raw power. I think it takes a certain amount of stamina. One, I think stamina is the and being a catcher, like you know, you he's got some stamina. Like his legs aren't going to get tired, and it's also if you just have like the barrel control to hit it to the same spot over and over, like. The easiest, if you can take advantage of the ballpark, Seattle is a little bit tougher on lefties. So I'm not sure if he's batting. I would assume he would bat left-handed, but mm-hmm. knowing that the Seattle ballpark usually plays down for left-handed power, uh, maybe that gives an edge. Maybe twist him around to the right side. I don't know, but uh, should be maybe interesting. He'll, he'll switch it up in the middle of a, of his. Uh, Wouldn't that be funny? He takes a break, like t- takes one of his timeouts, and then yeah. switches to the other side. <laughs> Yeah, it, it the, again wrestling term. It was the it was the swerve that we weren't expecting, right? To to use the wrestling term and the we, whole wrestling. We're, we're all gonna get worked. Archetype. We're look, gonna look get worked me. here. I, yeah. I know. I know the terms. <laughs> I but, know some no, of these words. <laughs> but I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident to say that Adley Bushman is here to do a job, and his job is to job to Luis Robert in this round. Um, so I, I, so I, as you can see, Robert has 26 home runs. Two other players have 26 home runs. Uh, it's, uh, Betts and Pete Alonzo, um, decent isolated power. Again, that's just basically all the extra base hits, uh, minus singles per plate appearances or at bats. I forgot which one it was, but it's basically how many, what's the rate that you can get an extra base hit. Yeah. Uh, exit velocity for Luis Robert is not is is 89 miles an hour, so it's not 90 miles an hour, but still better than some of these other guys. And most importantly for Luis Robert, 15.3 barrel percent rate, uh, and that is the second highest on this list. So even though he doesn't hit the ball hard, I think an event like this where Robert doesn't have to guess slider, breaking pitch away, or change up inside, or no, he's just gonna get straight. Uh, what? straight t-ball shots down the middle i have to assume and he's gonna hit it where he wants to hit it i still think that he has he's the most athletically gifted player in all of baseball and i think uh he's gonna this is gonna be a great way for him to display his uh his skill set and and physical attributes so he's uh he's fourth in no doubters um looking at Statcast uh is metrics with the is it a home run and a small amount of ballparks is it gone in most of them or is it gone in all of them uh he has 14 no doubt home runs 14 of his 26 home runs would be gone in any ballpark in baseball that places him fourth behind Shohei Otani with 18 uh actually tied for third uh Shohei Otani 18 Matt Olson 15 and Luis Robert tied with Jack Sawinski at 14 Mookie Betts comes in seventh on that list with 11 
as well as uh, Pete Alonso's down at 10. So he definitely has the most no doubt home runs of anyone on this list. So I, I think that maybe helps him because when he does connect, it go it's like 420 feet, just consistent. Yeah, right. And yeah, right. um, th- that sometimes helps. But uh, sometimes <laughs> we'll, we'll see how like, the, it's just the home run derby is so unpredictable yes, because it it's like, okay, you go Our from hit, last year. Yeah. You go from hitting home runs against guys throwing like 75 mile an hour sinkers and you like are going to sink sliders and you like pull it and you just yank it down the line or you just turn on a, a fastball that provides a lot of velocity, both to your, to the ball on its way out as well to guys just throwing like, 50 mile an hour lobbing it in there and it it takes a lot of energy for you to add velocity to that ball and hit it a long way yeah uh, that's also it's a very it's a very unpredictable uh nature of the beast yeah uh i've been playing this uh, mobile baseball game on my phone a lot lately it's the dumbest easy peasy is it it tap baseball it's close to it i used Uh, to play that but it's a i think it's called baseball nine and it's it's a Japanese game, and I'm addicted to it because it's the dumbest, no-brainer, turn off your mind and just see ball, hit ball. But every once in a while, uh, they'll throw a guy in with a, with an 88-mile-per-hour fastball, but he, the guy throws like 55% knuckleballs. And let me tell oh. you, it is the <laughs> absolute worst. But Felipe, it's only throwing at 55, 60 miles an hour. Just, just drive it. Like, no, you drive it. It's like it's like going from a Ferrari to a minivan, and it's it's the worst. It's, and and I can see how these players struggle to hit one of those EFIS pitches, or or when the hitter, when the position player, yeah, goes when the up position to pitch player comes in, yeah, and they just lob it. Like, why isn't he just towering that ball five hundred feet into the into the stand? Because these and, and half the time it's like they just hit like a fly ball, like a regular fly ball to center field, like uh, the the Mets in their series against Arizona where they swept them. The Mets sweeping the National League West Division uh, leaders, which was shocking to me. But Carson Kelly came out to pitch, and he just went up there and he got three quick outs. And it was like, you know, as a catcher, like he has a good arm. Yeah. But the first five pitches were like 60, 65. And then <laughs> on the last batter, he just threw like an 84-mile-an-hour fastball that he just – like the hitter was like, wait, what was that? <laughs> Yeah, it messed them up. Messed and, them and up. then he threw like another 60 and he just flew out to center field, walked off the mound like, yeah, I'm good at this. <laughs> so let's go over to the bottom of the bracket here, the 4-5 seed, Dallas Garcia versus Randy Orozarena. And I was going to mention that like, you're right, it's unpredictable, the home run derby, but it's also it also has this like WrestleMania feel to it, like it's scripted, right? Like someone's yeah. booking this. Manfred is booking <laughs> for Albert Pujols to us. It's rigged! <laughs> Yeah, to Albert Pools to go the distance in the home run derby, right? That's what it feels like sometimes. And I honestly think Adolis Garcia might I you know me, Sean. I am not a fan of Adolis Garcia, but I I know I understand that he comes with certain attributes that might be very friendly to a contest like this. Him and Robert might just have the best physical and um physical attributes. Um, that you just, it's, it's the eye test, right? You look at the guy and you just look at how he plays and how he swings the bat and what he looks like. And you go, this is a guy that can win the home run derby. Just this is the horse to bet on right here. And that's my, uh, that's kind of like, uh, my, my, yeah, literally my dark horse, right? My Adolis Garcia. And he has the numbers to prove it. Uh, you know, it's a 259 ISO power, which, you know, it's not, um, 
it's in the top four, it looks like. He's one of the few players that has the ISO power above 250. Uh, 92.3 mile per hour exit velocity, which is, yeah, one of the few. That, yeah, half the half the uh, list of these players are over 90 miles per hour, and Adoles Garcia is one of them, and has the highest barrel rate at 16.2% of this list. One of the few players on this list with a 50% hard hit rate as well. That's, that's the stack cast hard hit rate. And... It's like the numbers justify whatever it was on my eye test. So Adolis Garcia, I could definitely see going the, all the way to the distance and winning this whole thing. But then you have that those intangibles, that scripted feel <laughs> to it, where you got a guy like Randy Orozena who's the numbers aren't as The people's impressive. champion. The yeah. people's champion. Captain Mexico, right? Like the numbers aren't as impressive as Adolis Garcia, but he has one thing and one thing that you cannot teach. He has that swag. This is uh, this feels like Harper at the at the Washington um, the Nationals ballpark uh, home run derby. Uh, and at Rosarena, we've seen that when the spotlight is brightest, he shines with it as well. He's he's a supernova out there. So I I, I want as much as I want to. I think that Adolis Garcia, because he does have those physical attributes and the numbers to match, that he will do wonders in this derby. I think Arozarena might. I would not be surprised if Arozarena uh, just also takes that torch and surprises a bunch of people because he's only at plus nine hundred, which that's the second lowest odds behind, uh, just ahead of Atlee Rushman here at plus nine hundred according to the Sportsline odds. So he it, it, he is not expected to do much in this derby, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes pretty damn far just because, like I said, it's just that there's that other level right that some of these superstar athletes the ones that have the highest swag the 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 highest the charisma he's a very charismatic player yeah. that can turn it on i don't know so am i speaking out of my butt here do you believe in those intangibles and i, and, I mean and that i charisma I, factor? for a, a moment i do or I, I could see where it'd be advantageous to have somebody like randy rosarena like go far in this competition just for the excitement he brings um but I, I just I, I don't think he's built for a competition like this. Uh, like I, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I think he is maybe one of the more least. I don't say least prepared guys for this. I, I just feel like this isn't his game. Uh-huh. Like I, I think if he put him in some sort of like skills competition, like yeah, cool. But like. It's like the the three point shootout versus the skills competition. Like I feel like he could definitely do really well in like a all star mini game, but I, I just I don't think the home run derby is it. I don't think the home run derby is it for him. Uh, I'm getting some comments here. Uh, your guy Daniel uh, is asking, "What are the odds that Alonso is lifting weights again during the derby this year?" Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. He's got to like loosen up those hamstrings. I got to say, I'm very, I was very happy to see that Alonzo is back. And a lot of these players are making their return to this home run derby, unlike the NBA, unfortunately, where um, the slam dunk contest, a lot of these players, they rarely come back. Yeah, they do it once and then that's it. Yeah, the last time I saw it, like players actually be excited to come back was Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon coming back. Yeah. And and we thought, again, we thought Aaron Gordon was going to win that con the second contest and he landed up losing to Levine again. Um, but again, that also felt like it was rigged. Like it was uh, not on the level and it felt like it was scripted. And uh, 
but I'm actually glad that these guys are like, yeah, we'll, we'll be back for it. Whatever. I don't care. It's, it's fine. The Mets aren't going anywhere, he says. <laughs> um, but no, but the other thing I like is the fact that Alonso takes it very so seriously that he's like, I need to work on my core in between at-bats. I need to keep loosened up. I need to get swole. I need to lift weights while I wait for my turn again. I love that. I mean, it's... It's, it's so much. It's funny because so many people give him shit on like the so on social media and Twitter and whatnot, and they're like, "Oh my god, he, like he's taking this way too seriously." But it's like he wants to win. Like he's yeah, right. competitive, and it's like when you see him on the field, like he's still joking around with all the other contestants, his teammates, having a good time. It's not like he's like, "Don't look at me." Like uh, Max Scherzer seven innings into a no hitter, it's like, "Don't fucking look at me." It's just like, just like. Yeah, he's having fun, but he's also going to take the competition seriously because one, it's money to him. And two, he donates half of the million dollars to charity. And like, this is his chance to drum up money for charity, add a little money into his, and of course, the accolade itself. And uh, since he came into the league, he is the home run champ. Nobody has hit more home runs since 2019 than Pete Alonso. I, I think he's serious about being like, I'm the home run guy of baseball. Like just sit down and watch me, but also the fact uh, this year. So this is going to be his fourth home run derby. Uh, Yeah. Fourth. Wow. He's having, this is his third uh, different person. He's going to have throwing to him. Wow. Uh, He announced on Sunday night baseball last week that he's actually having his middle school travel ball coach. He had told him when he was like 13, 14 years old. um, Hey, if I ever make it to the home run derby, I'm going to have you pitch. Well, the first few times it was like his best friend from high school. And then he had Dave Joust twice. Uh, and Dave Joust, of course, was just like on the money, like every single time. And uh, he was the bench coach for the Mets. And even when he, he wasn't the bench coach for the Mets last year, like they he met up with them a couple of times before the derby. And uh, it wasn't really Joust's fault. Joust was great again. It's just a lot of guys had great derbies last year, and uh, we'll see how Alonzo does this year with his travel ball coach. Apparently, uh, pregame in San Diego, they met up a couple of times, and uh, they were joking about it in the SNY booth that uh, you, you think they pumped in like crowd noise, stadium noise, like the, because it's like Ron Darling said, you know, you have like these lay people go out there in front of thirty thousand people. They've never been on a field with more than three hundred people in the stands. It's like it's very easy to get uh, rattled, mm-hmm. and uh, they mentioned when David Wright did the home run derby, his pitcher was actually Paul Laduca, the catcher, and Laduca ran out of gas, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my god! It's like the things that could go wrong that don't even have anything to do with the hitter. It's like, oh god! It, 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 it adds to the unpredictability of the whole event, right? And keep in mind, this is the original pitch clock. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is where Manfred got the idea for the Hitchcock. Well, if it, if it makes for great television in the home run derby, imagine if you could do it for the entire game. Yeah. So, well, that and and that, that's been an argument this week again. Like, why do they have to put the pitch clock? You know, back in my day, baseball <laughs> games didn't last four hours, and it's because of all these commercials. Well, ba- back in your day, baseball was not getting those sponsorship dollars. They were not getting the those revenue. So. In the fit nineteen, somebody argued. Well, it's just you know they were they were a lot shorter back. Commercial breaks were shorter in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Yeah, they would have killed owners. Charlie Finley would have killed for three minute commercial breaks <laughs> just so he could pump in more. Like I, I don't understand. And why you see what the thing is, what, what this the home is run, about. Yeah, the home run derby got better when they added a clock. 
when yeah. the whole like absolutely uh, rounds of three strikes and just un- like sitting the- sitting there and watching in the home run derby them just like take the pitch and take the pitch yeah it, like that was boring and really boring yeah I mean, there there was moments like when Josh Hamilton just went completely apeshit um <laughs> that one year I remember exactly where I was I was doing ninth grade biology homework and I was like ooh. And he just, I kept hitting him and hitting him. And I was like, holy crap, when is he going to stop? But, um, oh, God. But, but when they added the clock, this new form of derby, like, it really got interesting. And there's a whole lot more drama and suspense to it when you see the clock running down. And then finally the guy hits one over 450 feet and he gets an extra 25 seconds. And you're like, okay, he's got an even better chance now. And I, I think nothing summed that up better than uh, the Vladimir Guerrero. And mm-hmm. who was that? Soto or Jock? Jock. And then mm-hmm. it was Vlad and Jock a few years ago yeah. when uh, that was just an absolute masterpiece of home run derby. Really? Obviously, he didn't win it that year. Pete Alonso right. did, but that was like just great television. Really quick, uh, Melvin is on board. He's asking, you know, why we start the nonsense about if a home run is a home run anywhere. <laughs> And I, 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 I wondered if it was talking about uniform dimensions, which is I, I feel like as much as I going. would love to do that. <laughs> Hell, I, there's a lot of things. I w- there's a lot of things I would love. I would love to see in Major League Baseball. If everybody's concerned about lack of action and we want better athletes playing this game and more running and all that, you got to make the dimensions larger. But no one's. They're not going to do that. They, they're not even going to make uniform dimensions, let alone larger dimensions where pitchers can. Don't have to be worried about home run balls as often like they did in the 50s and 60s where they were happy to give up walks and they were happy to give up fly balls because they know that they were going to land somewhere in deep center field and not in the stands. <laughs> but that's never going to happen. Um, uh, Jet says 100% you cannot ever let an opportunity get some gains go to waste, brother. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. There. You guys, guys, I'm on a delay here. I say something and then your messages come like five minutes later, it seems like. So please be specific. Uh, Daniel, where is Ronald Acuna on this list? Like not on this list. I could tell you that much. I could tell you that much. And yeah. my, my, He's not in the derby. <laughs> and I have a request here from Jet as well. Pick a wrestler that represents each hitter. And I was thinking, okay, so if I were to do this, since we, we have a, a wrestling crossover here that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, but that's the spin I'm going with today. You know, I've been watching a lot of all elite wrestling, but I figured, nah, let's let's go back to a time where everybody was more for more or less watching this nonsense, right? And I would say that Luis Robert is like the Lex Luger of this derby. <laughs> And Adley Rushman is the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh God! The, the ultimate ultimate jobber that he was. Adley Rushman is here to make a, to do the job and do the job right, and that's to get eliminated in grand fashion in the first round. While Luis Robert has a look, but will he ever get the chance to get that championship gold and run with it? I mean, he the path is there; it's there for him to take it. So let's see what he happens. Is he all look, or does is there some substance to him? Well, I mean, uh, the thing with Adley is like if he can sneak by Robert. And Mookie Betts pulls up an upset on Vlad. I think Adley could beat Mookie. I think that's a pretty easy no, I bet. I think, I think Adley Rushman's, could beat Mookie. I think Rushman's losing to whoever he has to face in this round, in, in this uh, derby. Uh, since we talked number four, number five, uh, Adolas Garcia versus Randy Orozarena. Adolas Garcia, oh my God. So again, we're looking for someone with uh, a great physique, um, but also unproven, just like uh, Luis Robert. Oh boy, this is a hard one. I can't think. Jet, help me out here. Uh, 
well, anyway, I know that Randy Rosarena, he's easily my Shawn Michaels. Like, he's not as big, <laughs> uh, but he's full of charisma, and you never know what to expect. And he's a showstopper. He always puts on a great show. And I, I hate Shawn Michaels. As you know, I call him Sham, <laughs> Sham Michaels. Ew, Shawn Michaels but, is my favorite when I like uh, wrestling. that guy. No, I lost my, I lost my smile. Yeah, well. Try to turn your face upside down, you faker. Yeah. I have a knee injury, and then he's like running around, walking around like nothing's wrong with him. Like, I don't want to lose to Bret Hart, bitch. Anyway, Randy Rosarena is that guy. I mean, he's not Randy Rosarena is far from being a B word, but Arizona is probably the most Sean Michaels will ever get to Major League Baseball this season. And Adolos Garcia, um, oh man, I'm thinking of like an old timey wrestler with a great body, uh, but it's kind of unproven. Never got a chance. Uh, Scott Steiner. Let's call him Scott Steiner. Why not? Adolos Garcia is Scott Steiner. All right. So we'll do we'll do it one by one. Let's go to the number three, number six seed here. Vladimir Guerrero versus Mookie Betts. And this is just an unfortunate thing that's happening here because both of these guys, they're big names in Major League Baseball. But, uh, you know, one of them has to lose. And it's Vlad. the- uh, Vlad's winning. Like, I mean, yeah. Like- He's just been too good in the derby. However, uh, as you can see, Mookie Betts is a plus 900, oh, along with a Rosarena, so they're, they're expected not to do anything. But however, Mookie Betts has a lot more home runs, higher, much higher ISO power, much higher WRC+. Plus. Uh, the exit velocity, uh, Guerrero leads the league, uh, leads this list in exit velo at 94.5 miles an hour. But Mookie Betts is at plus 90 as well, so it's not like he's a slouch out there. Barrel rates are about similar. Also, Vladimir Guerrero has a one percentage advantage at 13.8%. And definitely the hard hit rate goes, the advantage goes to Vladimir Guerrero. So there's a, a lot of give and take here. I could see this one being the most exciting matchup of this entire derby. I could see it go down to the wire. I could see a one home run uh, edge. But I wouldn't discount Mookie Betts quite yet. But like you said, I it seems like Guerrero has the experience and definitely has that showmanship and that ability to go far in this derby as well. Interesting. I, I think Betts puts up the lowest home run total of anyone in the first round. That's my prediction. Ooh. That's my now. Let me deep, ask you this. Deep cut. Let me ask you this. I gotta ask you this, man. Mookie Betts, are you, are you saying that because he's a small kid, a small guy, not a kid anymore? I'm, is, not is, 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 is not necessarily that. I think it's he's probably more of a better in-game hitter than batting practice hitter. And this comes down to batting practice, essentially. And I think uh, it's uh, just not his thing. All right. Uh, Mookie Betts, just because of his size and just if we're doing this wrestling thing, I think he's the one, two, three kid. <laughs> and just because he's not expected to do much, but if he does, then oh well for Vladdy Guerrero. And that means that Vladimir Guerrero, what, who would that be? I mean, he's a big, big guy with strong base and leg power. And I can't stop but think about big Van Vader. May not be the best, <laughs> may not be the best uh, comparison, but yeah, big guy. Guerrero's a big guy as well. And uh, he's not evil. He's a very jovial uh, guy, Guerrero is. But I'm going to go with Vic Van Vader. Vic Van Vader versus the one two, three kid, and that should be a massacre. Uh, but Mook, uh, the, just like the one two, three kid, I can see Mookie Betts pulling those big monumental upsets as well. So, And then we finally get to Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez has shown that he has the bat speed and, again, that it factor to do wonders in a home run derby. He has the hometown kid. 
yep. you know, Seattle Mariners uh, player. But he's been struggling this year. Uh, they Mariners have tried to put him in the leadoff spot. He didn't like that. And it seems like once he got moved down to the number two spot, he kind of uh, resurrected his uh, season so far. But as you can see, these numbers are kind of pedestrian compared to everybody else. Uh, well, everybody else except for Adley Rushman because he's the worst player on this list here. <laughs> But uh, again, he has the exit velocity. His barrel rate is above ten percent, barely, but it is above. It's technically above ten percent. It is at ten percent. It's it's ten percent. Ten percent, just like the sales tax here in Illinois. Sometimes fifty-one point two percent hard hit rate. It is again above fifty percent. So he has the raw tools to uh, showcase that power and and go places. But we just mentioned number two seed is Pete Alonso. Yeah. Um, but so if, there, if there's one person in this list. That could upset him. I, I think Pete Alonso might have the hardest uh, competition, uh, even as a two seed going up against Gerard. Because, like you mentioned, the bat speed. This is the stadium that he's used to. He's he plays in it every you know every day basically. So, um, and was he in it last year? I don't think he was. Uh, Julio? Yeah, I thought he was. I, yeah, I'm trying to remember how he did last year, uh, and with the first yeah. one. Um, he did out pretty of the well. way. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying is uh, he got set last year. Um, yeah, he hit uh 81 in the dirt uh in the derby throughout all of his rounds. He beat Seeger and somebody else. Uh, really quick, Sean, do you still have that no doubt home run list? Because Daniel is asking about where does Acuna? Rank uh, yes, I had that. that pull. Let me pull it back up. It's going to be. Uh, of home run no doubters, Acuna was uh tied for actually, no, not tied, he was third with 13, so right between Robert and Betts. Okay, maybe he should be on this derby. I don't know, <laughs> but no doubters, you're walking on spider webs there, Sean. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think P- Julio has just been so inconsistent this year that it's almost the safe money is to put it all on Pete Alonso in this matchup. But again, Julio Rodriguez does have that it factor. He has that uh, upset factor. But Alonso is as steady as it gets here. That's why for my wrestler, I'm going to go Pete Alonso is Brett the Hitman Hart. Because he does, (laughs) just like Brett the Hitman Hart, he takes things way too seriously. And it's still real to him, damn it. It's still real to him. (laughs) The the script, the booking is just a, a suggestion. But he's out there trying to, you know, spoil uh, the booking and, and creating his own piece of artwork inside that baseball diamond, inside that squared circle. And Julio Rodriguez, I, I, I you know, he's a fast, exciting guy. I, I see him as a high flyer. So uh, I don't know. He could be a Mexican luchador. Uh, he, uh, let's say <laughs> he's, um, I don't want to call him Ray Mysterio because that's way too short. Maybe Mookie Betts should have been Ray Mysterio. I'm going to say Mookie Betts is Ray Mysterio Jr. Here. <laughs> And Julio Rodriguez, let's call him. Oh my God, I can't think. Uh, some high flyer, not Billy Kidman. That's just a bad name. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, fuck it. Let's Eddie Guerrero. Julio Rodriguez is Eddie Guerrero. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Latino Heat, Julio Rodriguez. And that's that. And here is my bracket. Uh, let's see if I can get this a little bit bigger for the class. Uh, Luis Robert, Atlee Rushman at the top of the list here. I got Robert versus Adolas Garcia. Advancing Mookie Betts versus Guerrero. I got Guerrero advancing. Uh, as I, for all the reasons I mentioned before, Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. I got that's, Pete Alonso. That's going to be the crazy one between Vlad and Pete. 
Yeah. That's going to be absurd. Well, because I feel like, uh, well, I guess Pete will go first because he's the higher seed. But oh, that, if Pete was the lower seed, I'd have a, I'd feel better about him advancing over Vlad. But I think if Vlad knows the number he needs to get to, he's going to get it. Mm. So we'll see. Interesting. So in this instance, it's not good to hit so many home runs. Well, I'm trying to think, do they give? I can't remember if they give who hits first. Uh, who's the higher seed if they get to bat last? I think I think so. Well, I, I can't remember. Well, we can either look up the rules right now, or we'll just find out on Monday night. Monday yeah. night home run derby baseball. Uh, in the second round, I have Adolis Garcia upsetting Luis Robert. It's going to be the the Spider Man meme where the the this two Spider Mans are showing up and they <laughs> kind of point at each other. Again, so what would this be? This is Lex Luger versus who did I say? Oh, Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh my god i can definitely i you know what would be more exciting would be seeing lex luger and scott center in their primes just trying to uh bench dumbbells or what do you call it um <laughs> work on on 80 pound dumbbells I, I think i would i would enjoy this i would enjoy that as well with luis Rivera and adolis garcia just see how much weight uh, weighted dumbbells they can uh pick up and lift and do all that stuff that that should be a fun one but i got a garcia going uh, Vladimir Guerrero versus Pete Alonso. I do have Guerrero upsetting Alonso, so it'll be the fourth and sixth seed in the final. And to my surprise, I got Adolis Garcia winning this whole thing. Uh, Sean, do you have a champion that you want to show off? Uh, I think it's gonna be Peter Vlad. It's, I think, gotta pick one. Whoever comes out, uh, I say Pete gets his revenge after losing last year. I think he's gonna win this year. All right, so. But if he lo- if he loses to Vlad, then it's Vlad's to lose. What the hell color is that? What color did I use here? Fuchsia, fuchsia, whatever that color is. No, no, for Pete Alonso, is it this color? I'll just go with this color. <laughs> there, now it's official. You can, uh, I sent you the uh, spreadsheet so you can make your own correction there. <laughs> but now it's official. It's on the YouTube page. Sean picks. Okay, the higher seed hits second. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So if if unless Vlad puts up just like a, a crazy number, um, yeah, I, I think Pete can catch him. We'll see. All right. Oh, wait, I should probably you know formatting is very important. I capitalize this Alonzo. There we go. And then we do one of these. This is very riveting. I can't help it, Sean. I gotta. I, now that I know that you picked your picks, I want to make this all nice and fancy, merch and center. Not, nothing too the, <laughs> nothing too complicated here. And that is it. Let us know who you guys want to pick for the home run derby. And uh we shall make those picks and memor- memorialize for the rest of time. How about that? Then we can laugh at your picks and see how wrong you were. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about, Sean. It's not about having a civil conversation it's about rubbing on people's faces of how wrong they were at least that's how people treat me i guess it seems like as i proceed to the next thing that we're going to discuss really quick and yeah, I, I got your message i see that we're how are we doing on time oh okay yeah we're gonna we, we just finished a home run derby talk really quickly let's go to the second aspect of our conversation and that is the Fantrax League, also known as the Baseball Life League, 
Sean, I got a bunch of things I want to showcase here. So just humor me for a little bit. And the first thing we're going to do is do the year-to-date standings in that Baseball Life League. Where <clears throat> as of right now, oh, wait, that, that's not the regular. Oh, let's go here. Regular season standings. There we are. Uh, yeah, Felipe, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Just recently beat uh, Jacob Moses for first place in that league. So, you know, the last time we talked on this show, I was in first place. Now that we're uh, reviewing the re-reviewing this uh, league again, I'm in first place again. Everything is perfectly balanced as it should be. This is the only, the only results that matter is that Felipe is in first place. And I mentioned Jacobs in second. Mike Harvey's in third and the standings tied for third with uh, Sean's team, Mad Dog Magical. Uh, Bronx Bombers is James Pinos is in fifth. Chicks stick the long ball and they see me rolling. That's Angel's team. They're Oh, they're tied for six. Remember, they, they've been talking smack with each other this whole time. about. <laughs> now they're dead tied at, with a 14-14 record. And then Jet was on board earlier this morning. He's on 12-16. 12 and 16, along with Leon, also at 12 and 16, as long along with uh, Andrew O'Sullivan, 12 and 16. Oh, Henry James. The, the James. Henry James. What happened? Well, well, really quick, Henry, the guy you beat in last year's championship game, he is now nine and nineteen. And then you bet some winning with the Marte Parte. That is James Handleboat's team. Dead last. This James was the guy who tied my regular season win-loss record. And uh, it looks like he's going to be tying someone's uh, worst losing record as well this season. How things turn around. It's not easy, Sean. I make it look easy, but it's not easy, Sean. It's not. But you don't have zero championships. Yeah, well, I'd rather be 20 and 8 than 7 and 21. I can tell you that much. <laughs> anyway, well, the whole the whole practice was here. We were going to uh, go and uh, see where – just shine the spotlight on, these, on, on some of these teams by looking at the rotor standings. As you can see, we – from the bottom up, uh, we talked about how Henry uh, has uh, had a lot of saves. So we were going to look at Henry's team and see what, why he has so many saves. And the number one reason he has so many saves is because he has Jordan Romano on his team. Sean, quickly humor us. What, what has Jordan Romano done this season that has made him one of the more elite closers in 2023 you see i don't think it's just him having jordan romano i think it's no, also, no, no, no. we're just gonna uh, focus on one player at a time because we'll be here all day we'll be here all day if we talk well, no no players. like no that helps but it's the combination of seawold duran combining to give him 28 saves between those guys as well as having one of the top four closers in terms of save totals in jordan romano no but can you talk about what jordan romano has done because Jordan Romano has always been like a solid top 10, top 12, top 13 closer in, in the last couple of years. But in in this instance, I think you might make a you, we might be able to make an argument for next season that he could be top two, top three. I mean, do you see it that way? Is this just a one-off year for him? Or is this the start of something of a legendary run at the top of the closer list here? I mean, I think it's arguably one of his better years. I want to say that just because of the save totals. Uh, I mean, he's always been pretty good. Uh, I don't think this changes much for me on where, like, he's definitely top five. Uh, I, I don't think I move him past the guys that have been ahead of him. So, all right, we get over to Jet, who was just on board, and we're looking to see. Let's see, that what's that nine average batting average, right? So maybe we'll just take a look at that. Let's take a look at where Jet ranks in batting average. So we'll go back up here. 
and oops that's the wrong one where is the thing of a jig oh it's up here we are looking at the poverty franchise was his Jets team <laughs> 9 and 19 he's been doing a lot better but we are looking to see why his team all of a sudden has a very good batting average and right off the bat Yandy Diaz would Will be Smith. the guy <laughs> but let's focus on Yandy Diaz I know you've been a big fan Anything else that Yandy Diaz is doing differently this season uh, compared to in years past? Yandy Diaz is just being Yandy Diaz. And I, once again with him, it's a conglomerate of multiple guys. Nolan Jones has actually hit for a high average. Orlando Arcia has only been basically high average, but also the secondary guys like Harold Ramirez and Lane Thomas. I think Lane Thomas has been a really underrated fantasy player. Mm. I had him on several teams this year knowing that one, he's on the Nationals. There's not much playing time to go around in that outfield. And he's was when he came over from the Cardinals to the Nationals, he did very well. Uh, nice little combo of power and speed. Uh, he's got 14 home runs, eight stolen bases, but a 303 batting average. And when you tie in all the guys that are hitting for quality averages, and he doesn't have really one player sinking him, uh, that ends up to uh, put Jet pretty high up there in batting average. All right, we move quickly move down. As you see, I'm just kind of trying to uh, uh, <laughs> move on as quickly as I can. Uh, James Pinos, uh, he is, what did I say? He was 10th place in the Roto standings, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, Roto standings. But he does have an impressive home run number. He's second, He has the second most home runs in the league. And there's a who's who. I mean, we see some guys who are in this uh, home run derby, at least Randy Rosarina is. Uh, Freddie Freeman, who has been in previous home run derbies. Josh Young is the super rookie. But let's focus on Max Muncy, who's having a bounce back year. Uh, I forgot if you liked him or not. I know I definitely didn't like him coming into the season, but the counting stat is nice. The the batting average isn't. But Max Muncy, 21 home runs. Um, is he fully healed from that elbow injury? Is he I don't know. Back? I, I'm, I've always liked Muncy, but I've always, the just the last couple of years, I'm like, is he done? Is he not mm-hmm. done? Is he uh, Adam done? Yeah, yeah, basically. And uh, it's funny looking at his track stats. Uh, James only has 14 of Muncie's 21 home runs, so hasn't collected all of them there. But he has one, two, three, four, five, six guys in double-digit home runs uh, between Wander Franco, Andrew Vaughn, Max Muncie, Josh Young, Randy Rosarena, and Freddie Freeman. So. We quit. He's got a bunch of like solid hitters that have power, like not the best of hitters, but he's got Jordan Walker, uh, Ezekiel Duran was in there for a little bit. So, um, nice quality home run contributors. Like, nobody's giving him like a zero there, really. Then we go to Aaron's team, who we mentioned, uh, is tied. Ooh, wow, it's tied for seven. There's a three way race for seventh place. So, like I said, we're not doing too much of deep. In- Analysis, we're just kind of uh, showcasing, spotlighting some of these players. Um, she has a pretty decent on-base average, on-base percentage against, I should say. And I want to highlight a starting pitcher. Let's go with, wow, Eduardo Rodriguez with a 257 on-base percentage against. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has always been um, a mystery player to me. Always hurt, so that's kind of uh, prevented him from going to that, you know, trustworthy level in fantasy circles. I think one year because of his projections, I had him as a top 25 starting pitcher coming into a draft. So boy, that was a mistake, <laughs> but now he's living up to his speed. He's having a really good season, but again, yeah. a lot of it, he's been hurt 
for a big chunk of it as well, I feel like. Yeah, only but, made 12 starts, but six of them have been quality starts. And, wow. And uh, 215 batting average against. Uh, and it's a good, you know, pitcher's ballpark there in Detroit. Um, yeah. But it, it's he always seemed to me like a guy that could really help you if he yeah. stayed healthy. Because right. it was like he never had a crazy high price tag, really. But it was always uh, before the injuries really kicked in. You know, he had that one 200 inning year, I think, in 2019 or 2018. And it's like those guys, they don't win you championships, but they definitely help you a lot compared yeah. to their draft price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it right there. All right, we go over to Angel's team. I saw that he kind of has one of the more uh, patient teams in terms of strikeouts. So, yeah, and then, you know, the, the big fat number here is Eugenio Suarez, who has over 100. But I'm trying to see if there's a particular player here with a pretty decent walk to strikeout ratio on his team in terms of uh, the hitters. And I'm not it's not popping up. Maybe Adam Frazier, but we know what Adam Frazier is all about. Plus, uh, I wanted to get a bigger name in here. I guess we could talk about you want to talk about Christian Walker. Yeah, or Tim Anderson. Um, I'm looking at his full fantasy. He's uh, had Tim Anderson for over 100 at bats, only struck out in 21, 22 of them. Uh, he had Judge, but Judge strikes out a lot, but also a lot of walks. Trout, lots of strikeouts, lots of walks. Um, I guess having Merrifield, Edmund, those guys don't strike oh, out yeah. a whole lot. Andrew Benatendi doesn't strike out a whole lot. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting group. Christian Walker for what he is. Doesn't hasn't struck out much for him. Uh, he's played Christian Walker for 188 at bats, only 38 strikeouts during that time, with 24 walks and nine home runs. Next guy on the list is uh, James. So let's go, let's go to the pitching side of things. I see that he also has a lot of saves this year. Yeah, let's go with that. He has a lot of saves this year. So let's see. He is. You guys got to shorten your names here. What, what what's up <laughs> with this? Like. Like seven, like 39 characters per name. Come on. Five paragraph uh, essay. <laughs> five paragraph essay. That's a good one. Saves. Devin Williams. Oh, well, that's going to help a lot. I actually saw him in person. He got into a little bit of trouble in, uh, against the Cubs on Monday. A little bit in trouble, but he was able to uh, get out of that jam that he got himself into and uh, preserve the save and the win for the Milwaukee Brewers. But Devin Williams. Oh, and I got to tell you, Sean, when I was in Milwaukee, and let me see if I could tag him, James, really quick. While I was in Milwaukee, uh, they announced the all-star teams that Devin Williams was going to be the representing the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Okay, the day before, though, I was at Wrigley Field where the Cubs play. Not Wrigley Field North, but where the actual Chicago Cubs play. <laughs> and they announced Marcus Stroman, Dansby Swanson, Justin Steele as all-stars. Big standing ovation. Like, loud ovation for those three guys for representing the Cubs at the all-star game. I turn around Monday afternoon. They do the same thing for Devin Williams. Nothing. Just nothing. They show him on the big board, just kind of looking up at himself. But no one made a peep. And that's very telling because he's been your best pitcher this whole time for like the last two or three years. And no reaction from the crowd. I was there. You can't tell me I'm lying. I was there. <laughs> you can ask Jet if he's still on the chat. I was there. Not a peep. I even mentioned it. How come there's no one reading for the one of the better relief pitchers in all of baseball? What's up with that? But... Let's give let you, Sean. I will let you give Devin Williams his flowers. Give him his flowers. What? Why is Devin Williams so damn good? Uh, airbender, airbender, yes. airbender. <laughs> damn right. Is that the big changeup? Yeah, <laughs> the screwball changeup, whatever you want to call it. It's an absurd pitch. It's 
going on his fourth season now, and they still haven't figured out how to hit it. Well, the Cubs almost did, but he 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 got it back in line. I feel like most of it, like his thing is like he has more walks than hits allowed. In Thirty-two innings, he has eighteen walks, seventeen hits. So it's like if he gets into trouble, I feel like a lot of it's just like his own doing, and teams just not swinging. Yeah, uh, that's basically how the Cubs were able to figure him out. But again, he was able to get out of that jam that he got himself into. Moving on to Andrew O'Sullivan's team. What what team is it? Oh, Big Dinger Energy. Uh, does he have a lot of Big Dinger Energy? Uh, close, pretty good. But we're going to focus on stolen bases because it looks like he leads the league. Uh, yes, he leads the league in stolen bases. So uh, I see Bryson Stott, Kristen Yelich. Kristen Yelich, by the way, had himself a game on Monday. And it looks like he is now back. And we just mentioned Julio Rodriguez. Uh, and then Starling Marte. Any one guy you want to spotlight on this team in terms of stolen bases? Which team are we on? Sorry. Uh, Big Dinger Energy, Andrew Sullivan's oh, yeah. team. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Stolen bases. Let's see. Stolen bases, full fantasy team. Because, oh, so he has Starling Marte. Uh, I'm sure he would love if I would just sit here and rant about how much I hate Starling Marte. Um, but he has 21 stolen bases for Andrew. So. Uh, and of course, Christian Yelich sneaking in 14. Jazz, uh, not Jazz Chisholm, Bryson Stott with 15. Uh, yeah, it's just he's getting a, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six guys in double digits and steals is, That'll um, help. yeah, that's a big, that's huge. And two guys over 20. Yeah, that definitely helps a lot. Yeah, if only it would actually help him in the standings. Um, <laughs> so he must not have, okay, yeah, he traded Ruiz. Uh, he also had a Sterry Ruiz. He drafted him, but traded him to James. Uh, so he could have had even more steals uh, if he had kept a Sterry Ruiz. Quickly moving over to Leon's team, we're going to focus on, let's go fo- focus on innings pitch as he's one of the, among the league leaders in innings pitch. But before we do, uh, Jet has some comments. Devin Williams isn't playing in the All-Star team. He also blew a save against the Reds this week. Also, Corbin Burns is in right now. So... Normally that'd be a good thing, but I don't know, Sean. I've seen what Corbin's Corbin Burns has done this season, and uh, it just seems like the pickings are slim up in Milwaukee. I don't know. Yeah, I would have rather. So, I'm see... surprised I didn't give Yelich. Like, uh, yeah, I would rather like, see. Him. Uh, yeah, but especially anyway. the National League outfield. Like that's the other thing that pisses me off about Brandon Nemo not being named. Yeah. Is you looked at the replacements for the outfield. The bench pieces. It was Lourdes Guriel, who I know had a, like a hot little stretch, and Jorge Soler. And I would understand putting those guys in if they were their team's sole representatives, but they weren't. So it's like, what are we doing here? Like these guys aren't that good. Sorry, but <laughs> rant over, rant over. Brandon Nimmo and Christian Yelich are better than both of them. <laughs> Leon, Leon's uh, smoking aces team in ninth place with a twelve and sixteen record. We're gonna focus on innings pitched. Um, he has three guys over 100 innings. Sonny Gray is at 99.2, but the three guys over 100 innings are Josiah Gray, uh, the homer pick that he made. Um, I would have cut him a long time ago, but I guess if you're looking for counting stats, that's the way to go. Jesus Lizardo with 103, and the guy we're going to focus on is Shane Bieber at 110 innings pitch. I feel like there's a lot of um, Shane Bieber, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, 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 the hype isn't as there like it should be, but once again, he's... Uh, all he does is go out there every five games and pitches. Maybe he's not getting the sexy numbers that like he has in the past. Oh, no, but, he's definitely uh, worse, but he's still just eating innings like no yeah. other. 
Yeah, so uh, his team right now, if you look at the track stats, you know what he's actually gotten. He's gotten all 110 innings from Shane Bieber, and he's gotten 82 innings from Max, 81 innings from Gray, 80 innings from Steele, and nearly 80 innings from Jesus Lazardo. Um, that's five quality guys just right there, not even counting, you know, the Patrick Sandoval's that he has on the roster, Hunter Green, Mackenzie Gore, uh, who it looks like he's kind of picked what's uh, his season long, long ERA. I can't see because um, my screen is not wide enough. Uh, four and a half. So yeah, so he's hasn't gotten some of his good starts, but uh, definitely quality arms on this roster. That's just uh, the pit or the hitting has left uh, a lot to be desired. Over to Mike's team, Alina Applebaum. <laughs> That's still a damn good name. Now that's what I'm talking about. Not, not no, that's like, a that, name. That's a fantasy. Not this five-paragraph essay nonsense you guys are trying to pull off here. Angel James. But that's short, <laughs> sweet, to the point. It's a Tribe Call Quest reference. I love it. But uh, what are we talking about? Molina Applebaum. Uh, so, uh, RBI is the stat that we're going to look at. So RBI, there's a few guys here with 60. I see Ozzy Albies, Nolan Arenado. Those are guys that we all like on this podcast, right? Um, Josh Naylor. But I see with the big fat number 73 is Adoles Garcia, who yeah. is a player that we talked about already. Still leading uh, the league in RBIs, isn't he not? Well, he's at 73 already, which just seems absurd. Uh, he might be behind Olsen now. Let me look. Uh, again, RBIs. Yeah. Nope, he's still leading the league. He's at 73. Wow. And Otani and Olsen are at 71. Okay, th- that's just absurd to think that. A guy who's also a pitcher is also second in MLB and RBIs. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and first in home runs. Like, I like that's whatever. But like, and oh, really, God. and really quick uh, before I move on to Jacob's team, Molina, uh, Mike's team, Molina's apple bombs. Uh, that was the one that we criticized heavily during the start of the season. Um, and I think he's already beat me twice. I think he's beat <laughs> me twice already. So that shows how much I know. But that's the one team that we accused of just playing it way too safe. And here he is. He has that list of guys that we don't like. We, you know, I know you don't like Ozzy Albies. No, no, Arado, I, I avoid him all the time. Whether that's a mistake or not, I don't care. I just, I don't, he doesn't do anything for me. And Adoles Garcia, great counting stats, but just awful rate stats, the average and the on-base percentage. That's why I think he's going to be, because the raw ability of Adoles Garcia is perfect for the home run derby. Yeah, that's my, that's my it, he, the dude who wants to go up there and just swing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, you sacrifice the on-base percentage for the counting stats, and that's what uh, Mike is doing. Um, and then we move on to Jacob. Oh, I forgot to tag him as I'm trying to do 20 things at once here. Jacob, we're going to focus on holds for Jacob uh, Moses, who is currently in, what, third place, I thought I saw. Second place with a 19-9 and record, but I think he was third in the Roto standings. Um, where is the holds? There they are. Uh, 12 and 13, he has Giovanni Gallegos and Mark Leiter Jr., who is a guy we talked about, and James Karinchak, who... Is currently yeah, in the minors. So, yeah, I was to say so. He only has 18, 24 holds, puts him with the most holds. In, I feel like everyone's just punting holds. <laughs> I felt like early on, like it was a like we were still trying to keep one RP in there that was like middle relief and good rate yeah. stats. I feel like by now it's just all closers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is there somebody you want to spotlight here, whether it be Gallegos or Mark Leiter Jr.? I know we talked no. about Leiter Jr. before. Uh, I guess lighters come down to earth a little bit, three yeah. ERA, but 52 strikeouts and 36 innings. Uh, that'll help you to go along with the six holds that he has contributed to um, Jacob's team. 
Uh, your team is next, as I'm kind of struggling here. Uh, really quick, Jim. We're not good at anything. <laughs> no, but you know what? Your team is Ultimate Punch and Judy. Again, this is a very good baseball name, by the way. Mad Dog, Magical, short and sweet to the point. And you're 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 a Punch and Judy team. At least that's oh, why I envision on. you. So we're gonna look at singles for you, Bo Bichette <laughs> with 84, and that's a guy you didn't like. And all of a sudden, all, Mr. All Star, probably one of the do I dare say the best shortstop in all of baseball in the last two years? I don't know, Sean, <laughs> but you have him on your team. Go ahead and, and uh, speak glowingly about him. Yeah, that was a guy that I have tried to get rid of uh, multiple times over the last couple of years, ever since I acquired him last year. Um, but I'm glad I didn't. Uh, I've had swoons of my lineup where they just can't hit. And then for like a weekend period, they'll hit like seven home runs. It's very frustrating. But Bo Bichette's been kind of the one guy I can count on to go out there week after week, matchup after matchup, and give me a couple of hits, an RBI, and just kind of keep the train moving, score some runs. And with that, we move on to my team, number one in the hood, G. Although <laughs> I, I will point out that you and I have been going back and forth in the Roto standings. So, But as you can see, the Roto standings, suggests that not only am I the number one team in Roto standings, but my win-loss record is as legit as a hot day in July. And here in the Midwest, <laughs> at the very least. I You know why? Because I'm on fire. First place in the Roto standings, first place in the win, win-loss standings. Scotty's on fire! And that was with me <laughs> just having a very rough... There was a, a point in the season after we had our, our discussion back uh, around early May when we first had our first discussion on our in our league here, Sean, where after that, I, I was basically the worst team. Like, no matter what I did, I was the absolute worst team in this league. And it looked like my very good um, start to this year looked very fluky. And all the things that I talked about in that first episode with Angel Morales uh, was coming to fruition. But we're going to focus on my pitching staff and the wins category. And there he is, Nate Ilvaldi. And well, obviously Clayton Kershaw, but let's talk about Nate Yovaldi because we know who Kershaw is. But Nate Yovaldi, um, we've always liked Nate Yovaldi, but again, injuries were always a concern. But he's healthy this year. He's in that big ballpark in Texas. He's taking advantage of the dimensions, taking advantage of a better team. Anything you want to add about Yovaldi here? Well, I wanted to go back and check because I know a few starts ago, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I'm going to rain on your parade. The velo had dipped like by two mm. ticks, and then he came back in the game. And I'm just uh, trying to see what his velocities look like the last few starts, but I will look I did notice, later. Um, I did notice that he had a couple of uh, bad starts as, uh, in recent memory. And, yeah, but yeah, because that was the thing was it was a few bad starts, and I was kind of like, oh, crap. Like, what? what's – like, he's obviously hurt, but, um, yeah, he had a, a stretch where he gave him – four, three, four, two, and then he's had a couple of quality starts. I mean, he did just give up four runs in his last start in five innings, but um, yeah, it's he's had a good year. It's just you always kind of hold your breath with oh, Nate Evaldi. Yeah. It's, it's one of those uh, hanging on by a thread, and that's both your hope in him and his elbow, so... Uh, I think he'll be fine. He needs some rest. But you know who else on that team <laughs> yeah, has somebody get him a pop? <laughs> a PCP introduction. PRP. What's it called? PRP. Yeah, Plasma PRP, and Rich. Yeah, PEP. 
PRP? Platelet enrichment something. I don't know. PEP? OPP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> uh, uh, the other guy struggling on that team is John Gray. I know this because I have him on my both of those guys on my ESPN league, and they've been pretty solid for me this whole season. And then the last couple of weeks, I can't trust them, but I don't have the guts to bench them because I feel, oh, my, first of all, my team is, anyway, that's another league. We're, we're, <laughs> Austin is supposed to come on with, on the show one of these days, or I'm supposed to go on his show and talk about that league. So whenever he's ready, I am here for that. But that is um, the standing. And then one last thing, Sean, since the last time we talked about this, these, this league was looks like you posted that episode on May 8th. So I have for you the May 8th to July 9th standings in our league. Ah, We're going back 18 games. (laughs) And sure enough, I told you, I got out to a really bad stretch where nothing was going right for my team. Nothing. I, I look at the, at the, the pitching standings and the hitting standings. I was in debt last night. I was doing worse than Henry. You know how hard (laughs) it is to do worse than Henry. But there, so since May 8th, since the last time we talked about it, uh, Sean has gone 12 and 6. And I mentioned Mike Harvey. I think he's beat me twice since then, uh, 11 and 7. Um, and so, but so has my team gone 11 and 7. So we bounced back pretty uh, resiliently here. And then Jacob has, since the last time we talked about his team, where I gave him a little bit of a pep talk, and he's also uh, had a share of first place in the overall standings. But He's gone 11 and 7 as well. So there's a, a three way tie for second. There's Angels team 10 and 8 since May 8th. Uh, I know that Jets team is usually at the bottom of the list, but he since that last time we talked about this league, he's also gone 10 and 8 and has just been a thorn on everybody's side. Although, you know, as soon as we give him some accolades, he goes on a three game losing streak. So <laughs> nothing, nothing lasts forever in this league, right? Uh, there's James at 9 and 9. There's uh, Henry doing a lot better. Then his overall standing at eight and ten, still a losing record though. Eight and ten for his smoking aces, tied for eighth. Big Dinger Energy. I know that uh, he was on the bottom of that list that we talked about. We were kind of making fun of him, but he's currently on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Aaron is six and twelve, but on a current two-game winning streak. And then James four and fourteen since May eighth with a current four-game losing streak. And then quickly to the Roto standings, Sean, just to humor me a little bit, just to peep it on the record here. As of July 9th, since May 8th, since the last time we talked about it, we mentioned that you and I have been going back and forth on Roto standings. There you are, number one since May 8th. I'm number two. Andrew Sullivan, so a little bit of bad luck for him. Bad bad win-loss record, but really good Roto standings. At it's like I had a big win streak in there, but I also feel like I haven't like really gotten there yet. Because it was like there was the win streak, and then things have kind of, I don't know. I'm not a believer in my own team yet. I do not have faith. Yeah, your, your team is stacked, but you're not a believer in. Yeah, shut up, Sean. Big thing of energy, Andrew Sullivan in third <laughs> place. Like I, mentioned, <laughs> like I mentioned, bad luck. That just looks screams of bad luck for the poor guy. It has an awful win loss, but really good roto standing. Uh, Jacob, a uh, little pep talk that I gave him last time we talked about it. He's now in fourth place and also has had a really good stretch since then. There's Mike's team in fifth place, uh, uh, Leon's team. Again, sixth place, so I think his roto standing is better than his win-loss standing since May 8th. Same thing with Aaron, who's done a lot better in the roto standings than she has in the win-loss column since May 8th, so a bit of bad luck. Then we get to the bottom uh, What's that? The bottom five teams. There's uh, James. Um, I forgot what his win-loss record, but yeah, he's been pretty fluky. Even with a bad win-loss record, he's still kind of fluky. Uh, you <laughs> bet some winning. No, you're not. Uh, you're not only on a bad win-loss record, but you also have awful roto standing. Angel. <laughs> Sheesh. Angel. <Harsh. laughs> well, I mean, 
Angel, who's uh, I, we mentioned oh. the, his little rivalry with Aaron at 14 and 14 in the overall standing, but since May 8th, he's been really putrid since then. So, uh, poverty franchise, okay. So now we, we're seeing that that stretch where he got to eight and 10 and got into that massive win streak, uh, about a month ago, been a fluke, all fluke. He's, been a, he's been not a fluke. Not a you're, real team. You're a fraud. <laughs> you're a fraud. And finally, King Puti. Um, yeah, you are what your roto standings are. You're awful. You're bad. And you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> but it's okay. He's somewhere in the ocean on a cruise line enjoying life. This is like the last thing he's worried about. Yes. So he's, uh, I guess he's a winner in life in after all. A winner at heart. But in fake life, in terms of fantasy, we're the real G's right here. Right, Sean? Yeah, totes. you're damn right (laughs) anyway that is it we covered everything that we wanted to cover today any last words from you sean fine oh no this this was a good one glad to be back on we'll see how the home run derby goes be watching it closely as well as the draft tonight the drafts for those that care um uh who are the 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 great look out for the great major league crapshoot as i like to call it uh yeah you're gonna have uh, two teammates likely go one and two uh, with the LSU Tigers, uh, Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz. What position? Um, pitcher uh, Skeens is the pitcher. Cruz is the outfielder. Um, Wait, is it C R U Z or C R U I S E? C R E W E S. Oh, that guy! I've seen that name before. Yeah, he's been a top target for the draft ever since. Really, he was in high school before he went to LSU. So, and what position? I mean, I'm sorry, outfield. Oh, okay. Center yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, I don't think he plays center. I think it's more of like the power back corner outfielder okay. type at the major league level, but lots of power, okay. uh, big exit velos, but uh, I'm, I'm not so sure about him. I've seen some under the hood stuff about his uh, swing and chase rates and swing and mess. And I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm only interested in center field prospects. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then when they fail, I just put them in right field. Damn right you do. I find the fast, speedy infielder. And once they make 20 errors in the season, I just put their ass in center field. Yeah, I'm at a point where I only care about hot shot prospect shortstops or hot shot prospect center fielders. Because <laughs> if the shortstop experiment fails, they can always move to second base and suddenly they look stupendous in that position. Or they go to center field and they can still be, you know, the Star Wars that they can be, except that they're not playing shortstop anymore. But yeah, I, I've seen what the third base prospects look like as the the lower levels you go. It's not a pretty sight. I remember we did this exercise a while back ago, and we had we had a difficult time looking for anybody. And I've been burned by third base prospects before. I mean, I'm still hurting from the DJ Peterson thing from like ten years ago. Well, it's like but, oh, you know, I'm trying to think of the guy. I'm uh, like 2013, 2014. Uh, college bat the Mets drafted at third base out of I think Miami David Thompson was his name and like Mm -hmm. you just looked at his tape and you looked at him in the minors and like early on you could tell like college bat professional approach and then like right when he got to people that were his age level dude just fell apart and just completely never made it to the majors just leveled out in triple a and I was just like, because I remember when I looked at him, I was like, oh, my God, we, we got our new David Wright. Because he was picked highly. I think it was like the second round or something like that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he's only 29 years old, um, out of baseball, hasn't played since 2021. Damn. 
And I would put catchers in that spot, but we talked about how unpredictable catchers are. But I just I just wanted to take that segue and talk about Ivan Herrera. It's looking like a pretty damn good pickup for me at this point as he's off to a great start in his major league career. Oh, or, did he get uh, called up? Yeah, this and I think it's the second stint, right? This is the second time, or is this his first time? Uh, I know he got called up like last year for a little bit. I think it was okay. an injury or something, but well, I, I didn't know he got called up again. He's here to stay. And, uh, you know, we talked about how awful the Cardinals were in the last episode we talked about. And then Austin, when I saw him on Monday, he goes, do you think the pitching is so bad in the, with the Cardinals, both the starters and the bullpen? Do you think it's so bad because Yadier Molina is not around? And I told him, if that's the case, then they're in big trouble because they've had years, <laughs> years to groom and develop another catcher to kind of take that torch. Well, and, it's and- funny because, like, they groomed a probably what? Three different guys that were all that's highly rated. I mean, Andrew Kneiser. Yeah. Uh, well, no, Carson Kelly. Yeah. Like Carson right. Kelly was that's supposed right. to be the heir apparent, and there was one guy before Carson Kelly. Um, and then uh, Kisner took over after they traded Kelly. But it's like, and then Ivan Herrera came along. I'm trying to think of the guy who was before Carson Kelly. But it's like each time they're like, oh, we have this guy for when Yadier's ready to retire. And then Yadier never retired. Then they were kind of like playing <laughs> hot potato. And they're like, okay, yeah. well, you, you got to go, guy. We got to trade you then. Like, we're not going to use yeah. you. And I was yeah. just like, sooner or later, I thought that was going to bite them in the ass. Yeah, it's the same thing, the situation with, uh, and this is the conversation we had at the White Sox team. With the White Sox with Jose Abreu and Andrew Vaughn, where they thought Jose Abreu uh, would be done by now. And he was still the best White Sox hitter to a lot of our White, a lot of White Sox fans horror. Not that it's a bad thing, but when your best hitter is a 35-year-old, that's a red flag because you <laughs> team full of young players who haven't developed. And Andrew Vaughn had to move to the outfield with very disastrous results. And that's all we were waiting for. Andrew Vaughn can't play first base because Jose Abreu owns that position. He can't play DH because there's about 17 DHs on that team. So it's the same situation. And Andrew Kneiser was the last guy that they were trying to um, develop while um, – Molina was still on his last legs. I didn't realize how bad Tim Anderson's been this year. Oh, he's been awful. He's really bad. 46 Uh, WRC plus negative 0.9 war. I was listening to the uh, Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes show here in Chicago. And Lawrence Holmes mentioned that, you know, not many people know that he's playing with a really bad shoulder. And I did notice that while he was playing shortstop, he was kind of, being very careful with the way he was throwing the ball to first base, like very. I, I like, just kept seeing the meme on Twitter of um, Tim Anderson in his last 300 at bats or plate appearances, whatever it said, zero home runs. And then it showed Zach Greinke. It said Zach Greinke in his last 300 at bats, five home runs. <laughs> oh, Greinke's here to Greinke's here to play, man. He came to play again. Wouldn't that be term. fun if like Zach Greinke just said i'm in the home run derby <laughs> oh man oh man all the boomers in our baseball life group would be like oh yeah yeah the time to make pitching hitter great again uh gah, fuck gah. uh no but as i was telling i mean if that's the case i mean the Cardinals are in deep trouble because again andrew kniser was the guy that was supposed to be the heir apparent and now you got ivan herrera who i'm really hopeful at the very least with his bat but i'm very hopeful that that answers you know, from a baseball standpoint, because you know, screw yeah. the Cardinals. But yeah. from a baseball standpoint, here, here. <laughs> I'm hoping that the that that is the their answer to the prayer, so we could stop hearing about Molina's impact on the team. Like, bro, it, 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 we knew it was coming to an end. And God bless the Cardinals; they tried to get that fixed with Wilson Contreras, 
and that ended up being a very bad move on their part as they're learning the things that the deficiencies of the Wilson Contreras with the Cubs that he brought them over with the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, so there's something to be said about a catcher, a really good catcher. We talk about the difference makers that catchers can be on teams. I, I, I think about Ivan Rodriguez when he signed with the Tigers and how they became World Series contenders, or Ivan Rodriguez when he signed with the Marlins and how they became World Series contenders. And so, I, I, Adley Rushman last year, we get it. But I don't know, man. Um, there was also something to be said about how every year we come in talking about the Cardinals. Every season, Sean, you and I talk about the Cardinals in March. And they, it's, the names are impressive, but there's just something about them that we don't like. We don't trust. There's something off about them. Um, it's a bunch of uh, shaky names like the Jordan Hicks, even the Giovanni Gallegos. I do like Giovanni Gallegos, but there's something that's whole that's telling me, don't get this guy. He's just going to break your heart. <laughs> you know, Genesis Cabrera, I, I, is he still around? I, yeah, I don't yeah, 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 yeah. That's still, another name I always think about. Lefty. And that's just the bullpen. Then you go to the starting rotation, Adam Wainwright in his, in his 43-year-old arm. You know, Jack Flaherty, he's always hurt. And uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of guys that they develop who cannot keep their walks in check. Yeah. The Dakota Hudson's, the Matthew Liberatore, even if Molina was around. Well, I guess you can make an argument that Molina would have done whatever it takes to. Maybe this is why Molina retired. Like, <laughs> he man, saw the writing on the wall. It's going to ruin my legacy. <laughs> Next thing they're going to blame me like they're blaming Wilson uh-huh. Contreras. So uh-huh. I don't want to put too much stock in the Molina thing, but I, I get what Austin was getting at. And there is something to be said about that, but the Cardinals were already shooting themselves in the foot before all this. And I think it's finally, we talk about regression catching up to you. I think this is one of those things where the pitching regression has cut up to the Cardinals. And that is why they, and plus they're trusting on a Paul Goldsman who's in his late thirties. You're trusting Nolan Arenado who uh, had a lot of flukiness to his game. I know that's going to piss off a lot of Nolan Arenado stands out hey, there. but I believe I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and not, not and I don't want to bash some oh because he played in Colorado. There's a lot of things about him that make me go, this none of this makes sense, and I'd rather not be a part of this. It's and like here the, we are the feel, it's like the feeling of this will not age well. Yeah, well, you know who didn't age well, Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I like uh, the, the Canadian Adonis who just can't stay healthy. Canadian Adonis Garcia, Adolis Garcia. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's the the one guy on Twitter, uh, Cardinals Reeks. Uh, he's a big Cardinal, a pretty big following on Twitter of Cardinals fans. And he just, every time I see him, he's just ranting about Paul Goldschmidt when there's runners on base or Nolan Arenado's defense, which has been very bad this year. And I'm just like, oh, it's like just sitting by, like watching as Rome burns. And I'm just like flipping popcorn into my mouth, seeing Cardinals fans just like devour themselves. <laughs> Uh, really quick, a comment from James really late in the show as we're trying to wrap this up. But this is why I laugh at fans uh, when they ask, why do the Yankees keep drafting and signing shortstops? Well, because usually the best athletes are at shortstop. And if they can hit, you can move them somewhere else. And we've yeah. seen that. I mean, Nico Horner was a shortstop. Now he's at second base. Juan Lagares was a shortstop coming up. And he turned into a gold glove center fielder. Damn right. He, Damn. he never learned how to hit, but... <laughs> Uh, and Tim, you know, something else on, that I learned from the Bornstein and Holmes show this past week, uh, they, they did an interview with Mark DeRosa recently, and or maybe a month ago, I don't know when, but they did an interview with Mark DeRosa. And they Mark DeRosa talks about, I would like to have Tim Anderson, in, his bat in the lineup when there's a lefty on the mound. But this only works if I can move Anderson to another position, whether it be third base or second base. Yeah. And again, this is Mark DeRosa. 
this is a Mark DeRosa, poor Mark DeRosa being told by major league teams what they, he can and cannot do. But he did go up to Anderson and goes, hey, I know that your team doesn't want you to get away from shortstop, but if the time comes and I need to move you, are you open to move to third base and second base? And Anderson, hell yeah, I am. And Lawrence he ended Holmes, up playing some second base. in the I, Sounds right. Yeah, I I think say, so. he ended up playing some second base in the World Baseball Classic. I, I think I can remember him playing second base. I know Jeff McNeil was like the true second baseman on that well, team. Well, McNeil didn't play that much. Anderson, I think, played more second base. No, I did or, see plenty or, of Jeff McNeil in person, so I, I remember him being there. Say. But my point about Tim Anderson was, uh, with Lawrence Holmes, he, he mentioned, if, can you really think about it? Tim Anderson, that might have been the last time he was happy playing baseball, was at the WBC <laughs> this year. Because <laughs> there's now talks of, Well, now there's talks about some White Sox players not wanting to be a part of this team, and I don't blame him. Lance Lynn wants out, Tim Anderson may want out, um, and who knows who else wants is, to is get the hell why, out of Dodge. Is that why uh, Lance Lynn's finally pitching well? He's like, I got to pitch well. If, the, if they're going to trade me, I got to pitch well. <laughs> yeah, I got to showcase this fastball. It still has life in it, damn it. All six of my fastballs has life in it. Uh, James is warning me, hey, don't talk about Jackie like that, Tim Anderson. <laughs> there was a meme, Sean. I don't know if you saw the meme hey, that was shared. Hey, Jeff McNeil, nine at-bats for Team USA. Tim Anderson had 18 at-bats for Team okay, USA. So he did probably play multiple. I don't yeah, remember. And he's listening to second base. Okay, I was about so to say, like, I, I kept like screaming at the screen. I was like, why is he playing second? <laughs> and that's why, because he was open to it. Yeah. Mark DeRosa said that he was open he, to it and he, he was hit, happy he for it. He hit well in the WBC. I mean, six I, games, I, but I well. told people, I told people, hey, do not blame they the were, White Sox contingent if Team USA doesn't <laughs> make it far. Because our White Sox players, never mind the hat that I'm wearing, our White Sox players are keeping Team USA hopes alive. Kendall Graveman, Lance Lynn, and Tim Anderson. You're welcome, America. You're very welcome. Kendall Graveman's uh, still alive. Last I checked, yeah. I didn't see him on the 4th of July. Hey, though, so he I don't know he, he pitched one and a third innings for Team USA. Ooh. That's, well, that's all, the, that's <laughs> all he was allowed Lance, to do. Yeah, Lance Lynn pitched the most innings, though. <laughs> He's a horse, man. He's a horse. Did he you likes- see that? What did he have? The 17 strikeout game or whatever it was? Yeah, something. Oh, you want to get traded? That was absurd. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like, was that his was like screw you guys trade me game? I think it was 18. But um, who saw that coming? Did you see that meme though, where Josh Donaldson has been putrid ever since he referred to Tim Anderson as Jackie Robinson? <laughs> I, I would like to see what Tim Anderson has done since then, because he like like uh, James says, don't talk about Jackie Robinson like that, Tim Anderson. Um, no, he's not. I, I and I've been warning people: don't get Tim Anderson. Don't get Tim Anderson. He'll just break your heart. And sure enough, this is this is a coma. If you if you're a Tim Anderson owner, what's your hope here, Sean? Uh he has surgery if his shoulders hurt. And then you what? You drop him, or did you drop him a while back ago? Or oh yeah, around? like I, I I wouldn't have Tim Anderson on my team. I just I've never I've never been a fan of the profile. It just. Not enough power, whatever. Come on. It's, we, we try to warn you guys. We really do. We want to help you guys succeed. So, you know, but, you know, you, some of you don't listen. Some of you go, no, nah, I like Tim Anderson because he has 2020 stolen base potential, home run mm-hmm. potential. Mm-hmm. No, he's just going to break your heart, man. Oh, no. He's going to break your heart, just like every White Sox team known a man. Anyway, that's a good place to stop. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hope everybody has fun at tomorrow's home run derby. I'm probably someone, one of our admins is going to put up a post to follow along in the thread. I already told my wife, don't bother me. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> like the NFL I never draft. miss it. 
like the NFL. Well, I missed the NFL draft, the NBA draft, or NBA draft. Oh, that's what it was. That's what. It was. Yeah, I do like the NFL draft. I, you know, I do watch the NFL draft religiously, but only because I have a good friend who wants to watch it every year. So, uh, Sean, last I, I forgot to ask you: Will the MLB draft ever be the same as the NBA or NFL draft? No, never. Okay. Will. Okay. Maybe if they allow the trading of draft picks, but I, I never, Ooh. I never, I never see that happening. That would add more spice to it on draft night and trades. Because I feel like that's the number one thing that people love about NBA and NFL is the the draft day trades and stuff like that. It but, just seems so bland. Like there's oh, no, yeah. no, it's, it's even the like. I know in other sports the players don't show up for draft night because uh, they want to oh. have their home party or whatever. But it's like for the Major League Baseball draft, maybe with the new setup during the All Star Game and having the whole combine there. Yeah. Before you're gonna have more talent that's actually at the draft, which is a good thing, but. I mean, it used to be when they'd have it in Secaucus, New Jersey, at the MLB offices, there'd be like ten players there, and I'm like, this is just, and, and it's like a golf, it's like a golf outing. It's like everybody's polite. <laughs> yeah, There's no very quiet, very quiet, and with the next pick is <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Mason, shortstop, Texas <laughs> University. It oh. seems very business like. Thank you. That is yeah. that is it. Like you're it going is. through a board meeting. You know what it is, Sean? <laughs> it is. It's a lack of pace of uh, action. It's a pace of play issue with Major League Baseball draft. <laughs> I think I'm Rob done Man- with you. We're done. We're done. That's I it. think Rob Manfred should look into it. Anyway, Sean over there, Felipe over here. We will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Adios.